Welcome to the 12th Story, a book discussion podcast produced by Cincinnati's Mercantile Library, where readers gather to engage, connect, debate, and discuss books and literature. The Mercantile Library is the literary center of Cincinnati, located at 414 Walnut Street in downtown Cincinnati, Ohio. Throughout the year, the Mercantile Library hosts events with authors and speakers. I invite you to stop by and visit us if you are local. Joining us today on the 12th Story Podcast are John Faherty, who is in his second podcast. He's the new executive director of the Mercantile Library. John. Hi. Thrilled to be here. Michael Link, who is the publisher, relations, and events manager for Joseph Beth Booksellers. Hi. I'm already looking forward to being here for my third podcast. <laughs> Great. Uh, Mercantile Library librarian Cedric Rose. Good afternoon, Brendan. And I'm Brendan Call, a board member of this fine institution. Uh, today is our fifth podcast, and we're happy to report that we now have a handful of subscribers. Tell your friends about us. Sign up where you listen to your podcasts. Today we thought we'd do something a little bit different, a shorter podcast, and it might become a thing if this works out. So uh, listen with us. Uh, we're going to talk about the books that we've read lately, a recommendation section, if you will, the books that we're most excited about reading, what to reserve at the library section or books bookstore section, if you will, and then we'll hit a few upcoming events at both the Mercantile Library and Joseph Beth. So let's uh, kick it off. I'm going to start with you, Cedric. Talk about two books that you would recommend to our listeners. Two books that I, I really enjoyed um, reading in, in over the past few months that I've really been pushing at the library. Um, I have to say I'm a bit of an Anglophile, so perhaps that's not for everybody, but they're both by female British authors. Uh, the first one is H is for Hawk by Helen MacDonald. Great um, book. This is a very unusual book, um, and memoir has been done and done and done again, and this is probably one of the most original memoirs I've run across. Really? Um, she trains a goshawk. Uh, her entire life, she's been obsessed with falconry. This is a memoir about the loss of her father that uses the device of training this hawk to explore grieving a loss and death and life. It is just packed with everything from blood, the blood and gore. This is a memoir. This is a memoir. Um, but also connects with, um, this is a bit embarrassing, is the author of The Sword and the Stone, E.B. White, I believe so. That's he's the author of the once and oh wait the no once, a, the once, once and future, future king, king is wait E B White is Charlotte's no E B White Charlotte's is Charlotte's Webb. Web. You're thinking it's of B B King. No, anyway. what is the <laughs> no the once and future king and uh, is T H White? That's the one. Yes, maybe she also um, he also was obsessed with falconry and was just a complete disaster. Uh, as a falconer, if that's the correct term, Falconist. and had a terrible, terrible relationship with his hawk. So, so, the, so the book traces, traces. It's not you, it's me. The, the, book, the book explores the death of her father, who was a photographer, um, her own career as a writer, her own struggle to train and hunt a hawk, but also connecting with the experiences of this now long dead closeted gay author uh, who was also a bit of a sadomasochist. And it is just, uh, that's all I can say about it. I, I go out and buy this book at Joseph Beth, or if you're too poor, come and get it from the Mercantile. Um, Either way, you, you will not, I can, to just a second, exactly what Cedric is saying, that sounds like a lot. This book is, is masterfully done. 
I, I think that's incredible. I uh, this is again that shows how much I'm paying attention. I assumed this was the latest in the Sue Grafton series. Um, <laughs> and no, I actually, immediately the latest in the Sue Grafton series. <laughs> I immediately wrote it is off. actually is actually X. Oh, oh right, right, right. Yeah, so, so thank God yeah, we're getting yeah. closer and closer to Z. Stop, <laughs> Sue. Sue, stop, please. You know okay. she lives in Louisville. Oh, Sue, where I'm sorry. Please, please come, visit come up the and visit the library. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Love exactly. to have you. Okay, your so, second book. So the other book that just really, <laughs> it really grabbed me by the scruff of my neck and wouldn't let me go was uh, The Trip to Echo Springs by Olivia Lang. Am I saying her last name right? Lang? Uh, I like think Scottish. so. Yeah, that's a, any book about authors and drinking. Yes, it, well, exactly. It's me. Right, it's about, exactly. I know exactly. right about what you know. It's, an, it's so that's <laughs> equally my wheelhouse. <laughs> so this was, this was and, and I, I really, I love immersion journalism. I love, you know, where uh, essentially, you know, the journalist is a character in the story also. And so Olivia Lang get, jumps on a plane, comes over to America. Um, she may or may not be an alcoholic herself. I never quite figured that out. Definitely had issues with alcoholism in her family. But she explores this issue um, by looking at the lives of five male American writers, John Berryman, Ernest Hemingway, Tennessee Williams, John Cheever, and Raymond, Raymond Carver, traveling around the country and visiting their haunts and going to bars where they drank or places they crashed their cars. I don't think that actually happened, but you get the picture. And it is just a, it's a gripping, fun narrative. It's, it's entertaining, but it also it forces you to uh, sort of grapple with questions of creativity and addiction and the you know, dark web of, of those two. Those Little known fact, we used to actually uh, be colonies for England. Really? I, don't I don't know if you knew that. Really? Yeah. You know, and, and apparently, um, in these rum had a lot to do with United it. States. Yeah. So, so, so those are two books that really that I that I enjoyed that I, we have here in the collection of the Mercantile Library. Um, and so over to you, Michael. Yeah. Well, actually, to kind of springboard a little bit on what you were talking about, one of the books um, that I'm uh, just to reference this before we get into it that I'm most excited about is you know another memoir piece that has a, has a lot to do with what what you're talking about are but you going out of order i am I, I i'm just more I mean, mentioning like that 4 30 yes. on a thursday and you're going out of order it's it well being that it's a podcast <laughs> it can be really uh anytime anywhere but the two books that i'm oh. most excited about which are available again in the collection at the mercantile and at any fine independent bookstore near you uh the first is station 11 by Emily St. John Mandel. And Emily is kind of fascinating in the sense that she plays a lot with genre. It's, it is a novel. Um, in France, I know that she's categorized as a thriller writer. We have different to get places. her here it's, at the it's library. Middle she's, have to, she's, yeah. she's incredible. And she's a writer for the millions. Writer for the millions. Yeah, very, very much so. So, writer for the millions, exactly right. And so, this book, Emily was published by a smaller press called Unbridled, and she agonized a lot over moving to a larger house who might be able to get her books in front of more readers. And she came out with this masterwork that it, it does have some post-apocalyptic elements to it. It talks a lot about there's a, a flu that wipes out things that has a lot to do with the theater 
And really the big part of it, I'm not gonna say too much because it is so intricately woven together, but it does look at a traveling group of dramatists post in this kind of post-apocalyptic setting and really what is the role of the the arts and and so much more this book uh, yeah is I, I, i'm it's a i'm 40 pages into this book recommended by my sister um i'm taking it on vacation with me when i leave tomorrow and i i started it last night and just dove right in i mean she gets you from page three you are hooked on this book i i i, I completely agree there's not a throwaway word in it um she is really has come you know and i hate i hate the f the phrases you know sort of they've come into their own or a, a writer at the the you know height of their powers but this is i think this book is the beginning of an author who's going to be very very important and this book was uh best uh, bestseller she was long list or shortlisted actually for the national book award and it's really an impressive book and a lot of people have said this but i do think it's important it's uh while it's set post-apocalyptic it is not a post-apocalyptic novel it's you're not going to read it and be like i don't really like fantasy or sci-fi it's just a brilliant no i had the, i mean i have the same problem with these kind of books and i was nervous about starting it and it, right no. out of the shoot you're like oh, i'm gonna get it's this just book. it it takes it's blend genre elements yeah. and uses them to uh just you know as as uh painter uses different colors yeah 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 what is she do you know what she's doing next I don't. I don't know what she's working on next. Um, Isn't she? She's a New Yorker, I think. She, well, and I say that with she's Canadian. With, but she, but she's like of kind she of. Lives the, in, she isn't she kind of Brooklyn. like of the Brooklyn moment she, right she, now? Yes, like one it, of these. It, indeed, she. Yeah. Um, and uh, she has been to uh, Joseph Beth now three times in Cincinnati, and uh, she is. Uh, blurbed, uh, blurbed by the, the 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 first time this book. Uh, occurred to me or, or uh, uh, the, I heard of this book was at the Mercantile Library's Niehoff lecture last year when Ann Patchett was our host mm -hmm. or speaker and Ann Patchett said somebody asked a question you know what books are you reading that you love this was the first one out of her mouth uh, and she said you must read this book I know a lot of Mercantile members have been reading it and have enjoyed it uh, quite a bit so um, terrific and I, I feel like Emily uh, was sort of uh, was under published, under read, going to this book. Obviously, this one has been a bestseller, but again, I, I do think it's under read. I think that everybody who's listening to this right now should stop what they're doing and read this author's books. Yeah. Come, to really pull come to the library. Pull, pull over. over. I do. Come to the library. I do. Four one four <laughs> one. Okay, your second book. And uh, my second one was a surprise. My second one was something that probably like a lot of you, the, the collective you, uh, I tend to avoid things that I've heard too much about. Yes. A movie, a television show. A book. And a book, certainly. And I honestly, I got very tired of hearing about Andy Weir's The Martian. Again, it was immediately picked up by Ridley Scott. It's gonna be a movie with Matt Damon. None of these things made me want to pick up this book. So I finally did, and I couldn't put it down. I read it in two days. The, the book, it, make a long story short, 
trip manned uh, space flight, uh, person space flight to Mars, disaster strikes, they think somebody's dead, he turns out not to be dead, he's left on Mars. Movies being made. Correct. But that, that being said, you would have found all these details out in the first 10, 15 pages. I was incredibly impressed with how consistent this book was. I was incredibly impressed with how real and consistent the narrative voice was. It was very, uh, a lot of peaks, you know, sort of crisis solved, crisis solved, crisis solved, which gets repetitive in a lot of other forms. And I think if uh, this author, Andy Weir, was not so uh, capable at telling the story and telling it from this character's point of view, it would have gotten old super quick. But I felt this book was a really solid and well-done entertainment. I, again, I'm not a huge science fiction reader, so this read more like science fiction, not science fiction. Is it me, or do you read a lot of science fiction books that are <laughs> science fiction books for non-science fiction readers? I don't read a lot of them, but I do when they... When they're well done, I, I do find good. myself, yes, I do find myself being very interested in it. Uh, the, the character in this one, or actually, I, I think you could expand that. I read a lot of books that are genre books for not genre readers. Like, I don't, I've read Tolkien, but I have not read Robert Jordan. So there's certain uh, elements to, if, if it's being well done and it's a really solid story, and it's masterfully done. I do. I certainly do uh, enjoy it. Yeah. So two those are the two. Two, books. two great recommendations. Both Station available. Station Eleven by Emily St. John Mandel and The Martian by Andy Weir. Both available at the Mercantile Library and Joseph Beth. John. Correct. Yeah. All right. I just finished. Um, I have something of, of an obsession slash crush on Kate Atkinson. And, As well, you should. Um, we, we talk, talk about somebody we should have at the library. Uh, yes. Number uh, one. So I'm, I'm always late. I just finished Life After Life, and I am already looking forward to A God in Ruins. I think I'm late on that already. But I thought... Just discussed on this very podcast. <laughs> for for both, regular both listeners. Them? No, well, just God in Ruins. God in so Ruins, yeah, yeah. Well, stop what you're doing and go by Kate Atkinson and read every sentence and read it out loud because... And that, I mean, the, the randomness, that was a hard read, Life After Life. That was not easy going. Yeah. Um, it took a while, but I, I'm a big uh, believer in the randomness of life. And this was a book kind mm -hmm. of about the randomness of the randomness of life. Um, loved it and made me think a lot. I'm also now in Far From the Tree, which feels, <laughs> it's a really heavy book and it, Sometimes it feels like a college uh, paper. Who's that by? Um, he's a man. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I've read a lot of a man's work. Um, <laughs> I'm going to, well, if I could turn on. Getting late here at the Mercantile Library. Are we allowed to go online? He's voting a Far from the tree. It's uh, not fiction, and it's. Oh, wait, do you mean the giving a Andrew, tree? Andrew Solomon. Yes. Oh, oh, yeah. Far from the tree. Sorry. Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, 
It's I was joking about The Giving Tree, by the way. Uh, I loved that book, <laughs> <laughs> which was much easier to Who doesn't to cry yeah. at the end of yeah, this yeah, is like, Giving Tree? Sol- uh, yeah. This is like uh, that book grows up, gets a PhD in English, and wants to talk about it nonstop. (laughs) 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 I know that because two of my sisters grew up and got PhDs in English. Um, So that's where where I am on books. Two Atkinson books, one that I just finished and one that I just read, plus Far From the Tree. And now I want to read Station Eleven because everyone I know is reading it, and I'm again late. That's right. Brendan. Brendan. Okay, two books I'd recommend. Um, I had a, a great trip to uh, New York City uh, about a month ago, and to uh, it was a food trip uh, with colleagues at work, and to prepare, I read a book that just came out by Robert, I think I'm going to say his name right, Robert Sietzma, who used to be mm. the uh, uh, food writer. That's the sound that we <laughs> were waiting <laughs> for on this <laughs> podcast. That's a podcast. That our <laughs> listeners heard the, the magic sound of a, uh, a Rheingeist uh Cougar being popped open. <laughs> um, a- anyway, back to New York. Uh, New York in a dozen dishes. You're not from New York. <laughs> New York in a dozen dishes is what it's called, and uh, uh, he, it's a, actually a baker's dozen because there's 13 chapters. It is a, uh, a terrific book. Uh, Sietzma is a, a hell of a writer. He writes about food as well as anybody. Uh, Got a new book coming out this fall. It really it does. Uh, so he goes around to uh, restaurants in New York and uh, writes about each chapter is a different cuisine. There's a chapter on pizza. There's a chapter on pho. There's a chapter on uh, y- you name it. Um, and it, it's really interesting because he does a little bit of the history of how that food got to New York City. He talks about the best places to go for this particular kind of food. Uh, really great book. He like knocks your socks off at the end when he writes about a food that I'm not even quite sure how to pronounce. It, it's spelled in the book C-U-Y, and it is... Cui. Cui, maybe? Cui? I don't know. Th- we just named it. What it is, and they serve this at a few restaurants in New York, but you have to be kind of among the, the, the folks who are in the know to know, it is a fried guinea pig. And... It, he describes it, I mean, you're reading this and your eyes are popping out of your head. It's an unbelievable story, but they serve you the guinea pig on your plate, fully formed, tail, face, Ugh. teeth. Oh. I mean, it's d- Google it. It's disgusting. I've but had guinea pig in Haiti. Really? Yes. Off a spit. Are you serious? I wouldn't joke about that. Well, then you've had <laughs> Qui. Anyway, the book is phenomenal because it goes from something that we eat every day, pizza, to something that you would probably never eat, guinea pig. Uh, and a terrific look at, at food, food culture, and, and, and really gives New York its due as kind of the center of the, f- the food universe right now. Uh, second book, uh, all the way on the other side of the United States, uh, Jill Leovi's book, Ghetto Side. Uh, highly oh, yeah. recommend Started this book. It. Need to get back to it. Uh, amazing story of uh, policing in Los Angeles. Um, Jill Leovi was a uh, reporter for, I think, the LA Times, and she created a website that was basically, I forget what it was called, but I think it's called like a murder blog or something. And she wrote about every homicide that happened in the city of Los Angeles over a period of time. And sometimes these stories don't make the newspaper, so she would just do a little blog entry about it. And then she basically 
she basically embedded herself with the Los Angeles Police Department's homicide unit for a period of time and then followed them around. Um, the book definitely owes its due to David Simon's homicide, which is, if you haven't read that book and you're a fan of anything David Simon, also a former lecturer at the Mercantile yes. Library, go back and read um, uh, David Simon's homicide. Became a TV show, one of the greatest books about crime ever. Um, anyway, Jill Leovi's book, Ghetto Side, is a terrific look at um, crime in Los Angeles. Uh, she takes a, a really interesting uh, tact in, in terms of talking about how um, these na uh, the neighborhoods where there have been a large number of homicides are actually under-policed and that people feel less safe because um, the police aren't doing a great job solving crimes um, in, in their neighborhood. And they're Sounds topical. It's, it's terrific. Um, David Simon actually wrote, is uh, interviewed in Slate uh, recently, uh, talking about what's gone on in um, Baltimore lately, and he mentions uh, Joliovi's book. Uh, incredibly topical, incredibly important, um, and a, a, a great piece of nonfiction. So highly recommend that. Shifting gears, we're going to talk about, we're going to go faster on this round since we're <coughs> going to talk about books that we are yeah, looking forward. Speed round. Speed round. Uh, uh, can looking I jump in before the yeah, speed yeah, round? Yeah, 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 absolutely. I have a ninth grader, and he has a summer assignment to read The Odyssey. Wow. Really? Which pisses me off. Okay. Does it? <laughs> yes. Okay. Why? I think go on. Because it feels like. Not feels in Greek. Like, right? feels like a high school showing off. Hey, look, we make our ninth graders <laughs> read The Odyssey. <laughs> Um, I bet you fifteen dollars. It's, it's the Robert Fitzgerald translation. It's <laughs> I bet you fifteen dollars. It's going to make a bunch of ninth graders think, "Wow, reading isn't a lot of fun." Like I read that book in college, and I don't know if I've ever. It, he was in eighth grade last year, and he's about to read the Odyssey. This seems like a bad idea. Am I right or am I wrong? Can I, as a bookseller? I chime in? Please. Yes. Okay. I completely agree with this. I think that there are a lot of books, uh, especially for somebody who sees books coming in, as, as you all do. We get them daily, and there are some people out there who are writing books that could profoundly speak to students about contemporary life, yeah society, culture, etc. So something like, you know, I, I'll give you a lot of books. I think the Odyssey should probably be a college book. Although, however, uh, Macmillan Publishers just put out both the Iliad and the Odyssey read by Dan Stevens, who was Matthew uh, Crowley, I think, in the Downton Abbey, the first oh. three seasons oh. of it. So if you want some Homer, but you want it dreamy, I highly recommend these audiobooks. But the Odyssey uh, read by a Brit. I'm out. Uh, hello. <laughs> and uh, but I think that there are books that exactly would pull these kids in into reading. Absolutely. And there are and I so think many books. books. So Ethan many. Ethan Frome. Ethan Frome for me was kind of like getting beat over the head. And there are certain things like Gosh. the Scarlet Letter. Sure, read it. Go back and then go back and Red read it. Red Badge of older. Courage. Read it. Right. But I actually, as an adult, went back and read. Yes. A lot of books that I sort of slogged through. Right. Turned I out totally they were, turned agree. out some, they I were some I didn't care for. Some 
carried with me. I, and it's so true. I mean, you should. There are so many books we read in high school and college that were wasted on us in high school and college the, that we to should. To kill a mockingbird. That would be. So, to, yeah, go that, back. That resonates with kids. That should be on the reading list. You should read. It, you I should read. You great need to read Gatsby that every ten years. As an adult, no, that's, no, no. that's another good one. As but you should start when you're twenty. <laughs> okay, back. Okay, wait, wait, wait. all right. No, 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 right. But no <laughs> absolutely, absolutely correct. Especially now that this there are some <laughs> masters uh, of the written word writing for young adults. Yeah, who are geniuses. Yeah, they the these reading lists need to be updated. Okay, sure. speed, all right. I'm speed, sorry. Speed, speed round. round. No, no, no. Absolutely. Speed round. Two books you are looking forward to reading either. They're published already, and you're looking forward to reading them, or they haven't been published, and you can't wait to rush out to the library and put your name on the on the list to reserve them. I'm really looking forward to, and I'm sure it's being published this fall, the Klingon translation of the Odyssey. No, I'm <laughs> no, just kidding. No, it's true. <laughs> Sorry, no. Actually, I've actually been working wait, on that for a while, what? but it's a pop-up book. <laughs> I'm really interested. Graphic I'm novel. really um, looking forward to getting my hands on Purity by Jonathan Franzen. Fran Franzen's writing is excellent. Um, his fiction is contemporary, relevant. I also love his nonfiction, you know, this crusade he's going on to save songbirds, etc. Um, but Franzen is also, ever since he appeared on the cover of Time magazine, one of those characters that everybody loves to fetch yeah. about and, you know, tear apart and criticize. And that's all part of the entertainment also. So I'm really looking forward to that. Um, also, uh, I don't think anything's coming out this fall, but I am always looking forward to the next, and I believe he has only two books out so far, John Jeremiah Sullivan's next book. Um, Pulphead, if you have not picked this book up, you are, you, you just need to go pick this it's book awesome. up. If you, if you don't enjoy one of the pieces, just go to the next one. You will love something in this book. That's um, like uh, the empathy exams. There are just certain books that have come out, books of essays, and it's, not something that people think about when they go to a library or a bookstore, but yeah. this is the benefit of of uh, belonging to the Mercantile Library, visiting Joseph Beth Booksellers. As you run into people who know books and who read these books, I wouldn't have read this book if it weren't for Cedric, who 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 foisted it upon and me. And neither it was would fantastic. I. Neither would I. Fantastic Cedric has book. been a champion for this book for since it came out. So uh, just really quick, uh, John, and thank you. Yes, they are essays. Uh, many of them pieces he's written for national magazines like GQ. Um, but uh, he actually grew up sort of in the area, partly in Lexington. His dad was a sports writer. Uh, we also have his first book, um, Blood Horses, Notes of a Sports Writer's Son, I believe is the full title. And that really gets into, I mean, this is a great book to pick up right before Derby Day because it really gets into um, some of the reasons why Kentucky has become a, a locus of, of a horse racing but it's about so much more. It's about the development of a young writer. He recently just won a huge Wyndham Campbell Award, and you can definitely expect great things from Jonathan Franzen. Um, from, no, or John Jeremiah John Sullivan. John Jeremiah Sullivan, thank you very much. <laughs> you can much. expect great things John out of both. <laughs> out of both, absolutely, yeah. Okay. So, yeah, good. That, that's it, you know, I'm excited. Great. All right, so uh, my two books that I'm uh, anticipating, and I've read them both. Um, the first one is, uh, <laughs> but I, they're coming out. Uh, Thirteen preparations of guinea pig. I think it's a strong. <laughs> it's a theme. Uh, sorry, I need to move back. <laughs> it's I, it's uh, I forgot. This isn't. Uh, sorry, that was prepared for a different cooking podcast that I'm going to do later. I think the, I freaked everybody out. The with first the guinea one. Pig the first one is uh, 
by Lauren Groff. Um, she is another uh, author that I think this is her breakout book. Uh, she wrote The Monsters of Templeton, Delicate Edible Birds, which was a short story collection, and Arcadia. The most, uh, the one that's coming out in the fall is her first, uh, it's from Penguin, but from the Riverhead imprint. So it's gonna get a lot of press. It's called Fates and Furies. And just quickly, it's, a, it's about a marriage. It's about two people who get together. They marry very quickly. Oh. It's, um, does that sound familiar? Yeah. yeah okay, fair enough. <laughs> um, no, 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 no. They were engaged for a full year. <laughs> so they, um, basically it's set, it's, it's in two halves. The first is from uh, Lotto's perspective, and the second one is from Matilda's. It definitely has a Greek structure to it. There's kind of chorus asides, and it's an examination of marriage and obsessive love by someone who is, again, I said this before, and I hate this phrase so much, but this author is at the height of her oh powers. She is just writing these. This book, again, I could not put it down. It is going to be a bestseller. This uh, Lauren Groff is incredibly talented. G-R, spell it. G-R-O-F-F. Great. Incredibly talented. Her previous books have been great. Again, tragically underpublished and underread, but she's great. The second one is a memoir. It's called Home is Burning. It's by Dan Marshall. Uh, one of my favorite books, and this is what I alluded to earlier about memoir and tragedy, one of my favorite books ever is The Year of Magical Thinking by Joan Didion. Mm. I, Joan Didion um, is a really good writer, master, book. and this book was about what happens to an absolute genius when they experience grief and loss. Yeah. This book is what happens to someone who never expected to write a grocery list, let alone a book, as they experience <laughs> these traumatic events. So Dan Marshall, the author, he is at the the place the resort where his family has always vacationed he's there with his girlfriend who he fully sees the line moving forward into the future he will he will marry and he's got a great job he's living in LA everything is beautiful his mother who has been fighting terminal cancer since he was about 12 and his dad who has always been the rock of the family so he gets a phone call from his parents. Long story short, his dad has ALS. Hmm. And this completely changes his entire world. He has many siblings, some he has a great relationship with, some he doesn't. But Dan Marshall's voice is, he's an incredibly funny person. He would be the life of a party. He has to move home and take care of his parents. So it moves from a very privileged and simple existence to this, this existence as a caretaker. And just to give you a sense of what this book is, it's incredibly hard. It's, it's somebody who's dealing with cancer and ALS. So it's not an e easy existence. But his dad's wheelchair has a voice module 
um, that's key activated. So Dan programs things into it like, Dan, I don't know what I would do without you. You are such a <laughs> gift. You are so amazing. Like so, he programs funny things into so his is this dad's. So this wheelchair. is a, this is coming out. This is a book this coming out. This is both coming out. Yep. And you've read it already. Yes. So you're 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 looking forward to recommending this in the bookstore. I cannot recommend uh, these two books more. Comes two out. Totally comes different. Out, books. Do you come read out when? anything that hasn't been released, or that has been released? Yeah, I read The Martian. Okay. That, that came out. But no, I uh, okay. the the one part of my job is. I, you um, get, to, you I get to read first because you're selling. You're I, deciding. And I need yeah. to. And I yeah. need to. Uh, a lot of them we're reviewing early. Uh, and for like Lauren Groff will be at Joseph Beth in October. Terrific. Um, Dan Marshall we're hoping for as well. That's awesome. But we do we do read a lot into the future. There are people like in any occupation, publicists, editors, etc. That as having been a bookseller for 15 years, I have a long friendship with so I do get a lot of books early that they want to get my take on so Great. both of these books Fates and Furies by Lauren Groff you cheated I think you cheated by Dan I, I, I want to say you cheated how these were these were books you were looking forward to reading I am looking forward to both of these <laughs> well I'm extremely <laughs> looking forward to selling <laughs> to yeah. Yeah. yeah I'm kidding Michael Michael Link thank you for your two that you've recommended uh, okay John tell, tell me two you're looking forward to reading I'm certain I'm about to read the Odyssey to help you <laughs> that's it. right I also am very much looking forward to reading The Road to Character by David Brooks. Because oh. once a Why? decade... Why, John? Well, for two reasons. Once a decade, I read a book by a conservative. And <laughs> <laughs> the second reason, he is coming here to the Mercantile Library for the Niehoff Lecture, which is a big deal. And this is apparently a very good book, which I'm, I'm finishing next. And I haven't, I haven't read it, but um, the response to this book and the press has been interesting because this is sort of about living a quiet life. Is that, is that right? Have you guys read any of the pre-publication? Well, no, I read it's, his it's column. Uh, his kid had a column in the Times. Well, and it's, you know, obviously, it's column in the New yeah. York Times. Yeah, 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 He's yeah. sort yeah. of so the Times in-house conservative. Right, 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 right. Yep. Um, my books were in D.C., politics and prose for a long time. We used to refer to Great him jokingly story. as the in, in-house conservative. Great bookstore. So, yeah. Go, anyway. So I've just I've been I, I, I'm also looking forward to reading that book and of course seeing him. But the the responses that I've seen it seems to connect with people on a very sort of personal level. So um, I think it might be a little bit about a little more than politics, uh, sort of about how we create our belief systems, and I think that resonates across uh, party lines. Yeah, I, amen. I think he's, amen. A, very I think much he's a person who resonates across party lines yes. because even if you, if you agree with what he says or if you don't agree with what he says you say well it, he's thought it out I, I, I get it yeah right. he's the conservative that conservatives that uh, conservative that liberals love to forward the article of yes for some no, it's true. Like yeah it's true. even right okay second book well, th that and the Odyssey. Yeah, oh, that. Odyssey. Oh, you're yeah. serious yeah. about the Odyssey, which you're never gets old, by the way. The Odyssey never gets old. Behind the stage, Fist of Love, yeah. an upcoming book. From VH1 Welcome to your local written. podcast, where, where, where. Written right. by Cedric Rose Cedric as Rose, Cedric yeah. Rose. Uh, okay. <laughs> drummer, drummer for Fist of Love. <laughs> This is uh, well. We, we're trying this out, so uh, we'll see how it goes. <laughs> all right, all right. So uh, two books, that you're two books about. That I'm excited to read, purchase. Uh, first is um, Stacy Schiff's book, which is coming out on uh, in October. It's called The Witches. It's about the Salem witch trials. Would you trials. like a copy? 
I cannot wait to read that this book. Great. I cannot wait to read this I book. I have a copy. I don't want to hear things like that. You. I feel like that's cheating, but... Um, Cleopatra yes. circulated like crazy. Cleopatra, Stacey Schiff visited Cincinnati. She did a, a whirlwind tour here oh, in person. Cincinnati. She yeah. was at the... Yeah, she wrote Cleopatra. She was at the Museum Center. She was elsewhere. Um, I have a total crush on her. She was. She did a... John Stewart retired from The Daily Show uh, not too long ago. Um, she was on his show and did a terrific interview with him. Uh, so I have a, a huge crush on Stacey Schiff and can't wait to read her book about the Salem Witch Trials. That's one. Uh, second book is a. Um, I, I, I want to read this book just because the guy got two million dollars when he decided to publish it, and that's uh, Garth Risk Culver, who's also a writer for the uh, m uh, Millions. We talked about uh, Station Eleven before. Um, he wrote. A he's written a book called City on Fire. It it uh, created an unbelievable splash, and the publishing community was bid up to one of the highest levels ever for a fiction created book. Created a bidding war, much like yep, yep. Uh, and so that book comes out in the fall, I think, late mm -hmm. this year. Um, it is a thick book. It's about New York City in the '70s, which is a terrific time to write about New York City. Um, and and, e and early reviews of that book have have also been very very. Um, it's it's been highly regarded. Yeah, much ages. much like as I was uh, saying, Emily St. John Mandel, same type of thing. Yes, they're know. they're of the same. I, I, they would probably be of the same ilk, right? Yeah, like they're in this. They're and they're this in the same. Uh, you, that that's interesting. I mean, like there's you know there have been times in history where there have been kind of groups of writers who kind of run in the same circles and they publish at the same times, and I, that might be what we're seeing right now with these this kind of like Brooklyn set. Emma Stow, yeah. Emily I mean, St. John Mandel. We yeah. might not like this, you know. It's when you said the Brooklyn moment earlier, I thought the Brooklyn moment that's lasted 50 years. Well, <laughs> could be yeah, too. I but mean, I think you know, that like there's this, generations like this, of like it. Hipster, I, yeah. Brooklyn, tight pants. Sorry, but I think, <laughs> I think the interesting thing about this, this book, specifically City on Fire, and this is something that uh, I've, I've spoken about, is that it's, it's a big book. It's many, many pages. How many? Yeah, I think it's. Uh, I, I read nine hundred. Nine hundred pages. Wow. And so my. And this my is Donna Tart. Yeah. Jonathan so, Franzen. Right. World. So my take on this, as, is that we have so post Harry Potter, let's say, we have taught kids to follow characters across. Hundreds of pages. I love it when you so, get deep, Michael. No, but so these so these books are important because yeah. if we don't publish quality, engaging narratives that are long, we are going to end up again playing to maybe the you know shortened attention span. So I think this That's book exactly is going right. to be very, very, very good. It is for my colleagues who have read it; they've loved it. And I think that these books, again, Goldfinch. City on Fire. These are important books, and we should support the, them. This, the person who binge watches a television show is going to love a book like this. I mean, they don't mind 900 right. pages. They don't mind, you know, like disconnecting for a week and reading a long book like that. So I'm, I'm excited about that. Real quick, uh, we're going to wrap this up. Uh, we said this was going to be a short podcast. We lied, uh, but uh, we're, we're having a great time here. Uh, two two things we want to talk about real real briefly: upcoming events at the Mercantile Library and at Joseph Beth. Michael, give us 30 seconds on an upcoming event you're excited about at Joseph Beth. One that we're doing in partnership with the Mercantile and basically every other literary institution in Cincinnati, the Books by the Banks Literary Festival. Uh, this year it's going to be on October Saturday, October 17th at the Duke Energy Center in Cincinnati. 
incredible authors, uh, Anthony Mara, who wrote The Constellation of Vital Phenomena, you need to read that book. Uh, Rainbow Rowell, a lot of uh, heavy emphasis on local and regional authors, free to the public, uh, incredible programming for the entire family, be it kids, costume characters, a special teen area, plus panels with our headlining authors and a number of different genres. And most importantly, headed up by the Mercantile Cedric Rose, a writing and publishing track now in its second year, really cool. including really a cool. writing contest yes. and many more. So cash, prize, the, cash prizes cash up prizes. to $1,000, new entry fee. Yeah. Thank you to the McLean Foundation. That's right. Thank you. Booksbythebanks.org. This is a fantastic event. It's the thing that I look forward to the most uh, on the Cincinnati literary calendar. Terrific. Wow. Terrific plug for the um, Books by the Banks. I, I completely agree with you. Uh, my upcoming event at the Mercantile Library, August 25th, Josh Tetrick, who is the uh, CEO and founder of a company called Hampton Creek, which makes uh, a little product called Just Mayo and uh, Just Cookie Dough, uh, which is a, a plant-based food. Wants to revolutionize. Wants to revolutionize. How we eat, what we grow. Uh, what we grow, what we eat, and how we, how we feed the world. Uh, he is uh, one of the food industry's biggest thinkers right now. He is coming to Cincinnati, Ohio in a lecture, uh, the 2035 lecture, which is sponsored by the Kroger Company. We're really excited about this. Um, so uh, encourage you to come visit uh, mercantillibrary.com. Yes to uh, get your ticket um, to Josh Tetrick on August 25th in the evening. There'll be uh, beer and um, food, cookie, cookies. And, and, yes, and, beer and, and, and mayonnaise? And Will he be bringing Irish mayonnaise? And then you slather some mayonnaise <laughs> on your, it's on a your fork. A two-course Irish dinner. Seriously, this is going to be a terrific event. Josh is, is again, one of he's, he's had a series of ads in the New York Times over the last uh, six weeks. He's one of the food industry's just big thinkers right now, and so it's a, it's a great honor to have him in Cincinnati. If you want to read books to prepare for this, I'm going to give you three, three quick recommendations. Third Plate by Dan Barber, terrific book about food. Yep. The biography of Elon Musk, who is the inventor of Tesla, who's disrupting the uh, automobile industry, much the way Josh Tetrick is disrupting the food industry. And then an old book called Emperors of Chocolate, which is about the old rivalry between uh, Hershey Company and Mars Company. Uh, three terrific books about food and innovation and disruption, all, all, all excellent. Um, so this has been a lot of fun. Uh, we went a little longer than we said we were going to go, but hey, that's what happens here on the 12th story, uh, especially when there's a, a Rheingeist beer on the table. Let me just say that the 12th Story podcast is produced and directed by Gabby Blocher, Brendan Cole, Chris Messick, and Cedric Rose. Our theme music was created by Doug McDermott. Special thanks to the Mercantile Library for hosting this podcast. Please tell your friends about us. Uh, sign up on your podcast system, however you do that, on your phone or on your computer. We're glad to have listeners. Please visit us either at the Mercantile Library or, Michael, thanks for being here, at Joseph Beth. Yeah, thank you very much. Everybody have a great day. <laughs>